0: Uh, 6, dinner's at 6.30, come, if you can't cook anything, pick something up, there's a Thai place down the road, for... <laughs> sorry, it's Thanksgiving, you can't do that, um, and then, um, yeah, if you want to give, I'm not, I don't want, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do the, um, the declaration today, I just want to just declare that God's good and he's going to use your offering to defeat the works of the devil, that's a good declaration, so, um Yes, you give, you know how, if you're at this church, most of you have been here before. Is anybody new here? We'll do that real quick. You're new, couple of new, oh, awesome. Um, could, um, could uh, Carlos, would you do me, would you grab a mug, like three mugs, three mugs, because there's two in the back. Oh, two people, oh, all four mugs, five mugs. All right. You get a mug, you get a mug, you get, everybody gets a mug. <laughs> What's that? You get one mug for the marriage? Uh, all right. You drive a hard bargain. All right. That's all I got. We just want to bless you guys. If you want to get connected, there's a QR code that you can get on our text list our, um, and, our, and our email. Just so you know what's going on throughout the week. Text about once a week, maybe every other week. And it's just to make sure. Oh, give Daniel one. Absolutely. He is an OG guy, but, but he gets one anyway.
1: They're nice mugs. All right, if you got a Bible, we're going to go into the book of Galatians today. Uh, we went through the book of 1 Corinthians over the last maybe month and a half, five weeks or so. The Last week we talked about 1 Corinthians 15, so we didn't necessarily talk 1 Corinthians 16, um, but you can read it on your own if you want to. But today I really want to preach from, from Galatians chapter 2. Um, And we're going to go to verse 15. Father, we just thank you. Thank you so much for all the gifts that you give, God. Father of lights, every good gift comes from you, Jesus. I just want to pray for all you guys right now. Father, I just pray for anyone in this church, God, where they feel like darkness has been in their house. I pray for light to come right now, God. God, I thank you that your light eradicates darkness. I thank you that your anointing breaks every yoke. <laughs> and it's not a difficult thing. So, Father, I just pray for miracles of light in their homes right now, in Jesus' name. I remember when I was a kid, one time I, I heard someone say, oh, you know, ask God, kind of a thing like that, like pray for God's light kind of a thing. And I remember I was a little kid, and it felt, it felt like darkness was in my house. I, can't, I don't know how to explain it, but... As a kid, sometimes you're just intuitive, and people were arguing and fighting, and everybody was upset, and my mom and dad, everybody just fighting. And I remember being a little kid, and I had this moment where I was in my bedroom, and I remember praying, and I was like, God, will you just fill this house with light? I mean, I might have been like six years old. I don't even know what I was doing, but I remember praying that, and I I don't know if this is scientifically proven or anything like that, but it felt deepest parts of my soul that light flooded my house right then it really did and people started loving on each other things were really really good you guys know what the anointing is the anointing is his spirit his presence coming and dwelling in a place it's his power and when he comes every yoke every burden everything that holds us gets broken and sometimes sometimes god's just looking for an invite to manifest He's all around us all the time. God's holding us all together. He's not not here. Even before we knew him or said yes to him, he held our little hearts together. And he's with us. Oh, that was sweet, huh? Um, but he was, holding, he was holding us together, truly. And he always is. He's not not here, he's always here. And yet, there's something special about um, relationship and participation and asking him to come and invade. Our spaces, our workspaces, our home, everything. Yeah? yeah? Sometimes we can go by all the time We just go, well, you know, God's just, he's all over the place. And then we just live our little Christian lives. Um, but there's opportunity. There's always opportunity to engage with God and to invite him into our space. And inviting him into our space doesn't mean that he wasn't there. It's just an opportunity for him to manifest. For him to to reveal himself in such a way that it brings transformation to people who are encountering that very presence, that being that we know is God who showed himself as Jesus. Yeah? Okay. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. We're just going to kick it off with a really fun verse. I'm going to read from the ESV. We ourselves are Jews by birth, and not Gentile sinners. (laughs) What a funny verse. Verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. I'm going to say that first part again. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. What an interesting Um, we don't go around calling people Gentile sinners nowadays. But if we think about this, when we talk about who is a sinner, what's a sinner, in general, when you say, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, yes? All right. If you say you haven't, you're a liar, the Bible says. (laughs) Then now you've sinned. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And yeah, right here he says, we're Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. What an interesting sentence. We're Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. What's he saying? You see, there's this concept that when, when, when you're forgiven and you're in the righteousness of God and you're washed, you're cleansed, or you're his people, um, you're counted, and you are truly, by the Holy Spirit, the righteous. And there's the righteous and there's the sinners. So we've all sinned, but the Bible says, blessed is the one whom no sin is counted against them. Are we following? And so when he says the Gentiles is a term that just says the peoples outside of the Jews. He's saying the Gentiles, the people outside of God's people are sinners. He's calling a blanket statement saying that even though everybody's sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, not everybody's under the blood. Are we following? Okay, but he goes in even more because now he's like, it's not, but it's not about birth. All right, here we go. A person's not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's go to verse 17. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we're found to be sinners, is Christ a servant of sin? So here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, we're people who are Christians and we believe in Jesus. And in our faith in Jesus, this is what what justifies us. We believe in a guy who, who, who came from heaven to earth, God Almighty, not some... Extracurricular person from God, but this is God, God, the Almighty God, took on flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible says that He died for our sin. Yeah, He dies on a cross, He gets buried three days later, resurrects. Your righteous deeds, your good deeds, the amount of you know, you go through your neighborhood and you give candy to people, you do whatever you do, and you do really nice things. Um, none of those things are going to equal your, your Willy Wonka golden ticket. Someone called me uh, Violet. Violet from Willy Wonka. Um, somewhere in blue. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, but none, none, of, none of your good deeds, none of your righteous deeds are going to, they're not going to build enough weight for you to say, well, now I'm deserving of God's life, eternal life. I'm not, nothing, nothing you do, it's, it's, it's a gift. Life is a gift. It started as a gift, none of you were like, man, I'm, I, I deserve to be born. It was a gift, all of it's a gift, and the eternal life is a gift. And the gift is actually received through knowing God and receiving from Him, and he, he demonstrates this gift and gives us this gift through His Son by dying on a cross for our sins, and when we put our faith in Him, we receive this gift of eternal life of righteousness are we following? Oh, this is not a Pentecostal night. Are we following? Yeah. You guys, are you guys like thinking about what I'm saying? Or is this like, it's just like one of those nights you just got to like party for a little bit, it's like dance or something. Not that I need you to do anything. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. We good? Okay. I could just preach to you guys like you're a multitude and we could just, I just, we're all in this together. We're family. And truly, if people are like, I am so confused, Like, I'll slow down. I have no problem. Okay. Verse 17 again. But if in our endeavor to be justified by Christ, we too are found to be sinners, is Christ a servant of sin? I'm going to say this. If my works and my good deeds don't get me into heaven, and the only thing that gets me Knowing God, which is eternal life, okay, and getting into heaven and getting the promises of God is faith in Jesus. Is it okay for me to just live in sin? So what he's saying is, he's saying, okay, even though, is there an echo? Echo, echo. Um, Maybe it'll, it'll clear up. Maybe. Um... If, <laughs> if righteousness is a gift and it's given to us through faith in Jesus, can I live a life of sin because it's just faith in Jesus? It's irrelevant what I do. Does it make sense? Yes. So Paul, Paul was somebody who would preach grace And then people would actually twist what he was saying in this place of saying, well, because it's faith in Jesus, it doesn't matter. I can do anything. I mean, he really, he really bothered some people. You know, even today, if you went to Israel, you'll see a lot of Jewish people smoking cigarettes, but you will not see them eating pork. (laughs) That was wasting cigarettes to them, right? Uh, They will not be eating pork. Um. Paul went on to say, you know, all food is sanctified through prayer and thanksgiving. You know how radical that statement is? In a Jewish mindset. Okay. Um, Some people get fixated on following the rules, okay? On one hand, they get fixated on following the rules, and they think, I gotta do all these things, and I'm gonna be in a right relationship with God and doing all these things, and that's what's making my right relationship. And then there's people that are like, Man, I, I I prayed a prayer. I I said whatever you know to Jesus. I got my Willy Wonka ticket because I, I I asked him into my heart. And um um, but I'm I'm just I'm living freely like everybody else. It really doesn't matter. Like, neither of those places are good places to be because one 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 is one is self righteousness. <laughs> and self righteousness leads to death and one's just pure stupidity but there's this place there's this place in the glo- in the middle where we're saying i believe in jesus and i know jesus and even though i'm not justified by my works of the law he lives in me and my life is now a part of his and and and, and he's a part of me i'm a part of him we're one truly one and i live a new life when I say I believe in him, I'm not just saying I said a prayer. When I say I believe in Jesus, I'm saying he's the Lord of my life. I'm saying he lives through me. I'm saying I trust in him like you all are sitting on seats right now, fully committing yourself to it. You're trusting that seat. And I broke a few of yours. Be careful. I'm just kidding. I didn't bring them. It would be scary, but you trust it. You just sit in it. All of you, you know, who sat down and like tested it out? You fully tested, you just sat in it. You wouldn't just say, well, I just trust those chairs and if you never sit in it. Faith in Jesus isn't just saying, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I'm just gonna live this way. There's actually a place that you, like you dwell from a certain place and that's in the bosom of Christ. That's like, I take a seat with him in the heavenly realms. The Bible says you've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You guys following what I'm saying? This life of faith. So I'm not justified by my works. And I'm, uh, I'm not over here trying to like do a bunch of good things. So God's like pass me on the back and says, you know, good, good job. Now you're righteous enough. You're holy enough now because of what you've done that, you, you know, you get to enter into the pearly gates. And I'm not over here saying, I, I believe in Jesus and who gives a rip? Let's go smoke some pot. I'm, I'm, I'm right here saying, Jesus, control my life. Live through me. Move through me. Have my life. And I said, you say sayonara to your old life. I used to be a drug addict. I said sayonara to my old life. I used to be, be, be addicted to pornography. I said sayonara to my old life. Not by my own strength or my own willpower, but by grace of God, I say, I say yes to a new identity in him. Where he says, Micah, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Where he says to you, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your faith, your, your faith, even though you don't do a bunch of stuff to become righteous anymore, you believe in Christ and you become righteous. And if it's really true that you are faith, your faith is in him, then our life ought to live and look a certain way. Right? That's not religious. It's Jesus. Now, in this place of faith, I'm just going off. By the way, I know I was going to keep reading, but I just, it, it, I just want to say these things. In this place of faith, there's some, there's some, there's some wild things, you know. Like, for example, Paul, Paul says, he says, look at, look at, look at the the Jews over here. They're doing this law thing. Now, Paul was like the Jew of all Jews, he's, he calls himself that. He's like, you know, if there's an apex predator and an apex Jew, I'm, the, I'm that guy. That was, that's what he said, you know, he's, I'm the Jew of all Jews, I'm like, I'm as intense as it gets, you know, he was full on pulling people out of their houses to kill them, you know, okay. Uh, but in this, in this cycle of life where you're living by a, 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 this rule book, this textbook, um, the first entrance into this, like for us, it's baptism in Christ, we get baptized under water, right? But for a Jew, it's circumcision, Okay? None of you are children. I hope you all know what it is. If you don't, really get your phone out and learn. Sir, I don't really want I was like always awkward as a pastor when you like have to talk about circumcision. Not like weird awkward. Just like I just, I'm like do I treat them like children and like tell them. What? Um, anyways. There's circumcision. And then this, 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 this makes people Jewish. Uh, 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 you convert into Judaism. If a person converts into Judaism, they, they get circumcised little babies and a part of the family you know they, they circumcise them on the eighth day and it's this place of saying that um they've 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 taken off the, the flesh of sin it's 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 like metaphorical and this place of saying i'm now part of the people of god the 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 gentile sinners are no longer me there's an aspect removed from me i'm a part of the righteous people are you following well paul says he says there is people in the church um not, not, not Galatia, but there's people in the church who, who went around in the early church and they would say to all the guys that were, you know, praying and the lovely little Christian people, you know, praying and just, wow, Jesus changed my life. And then they, they had certain Christians coming up to them like, hey, if you really want to be a Christian, you got to get circumcised. And that was really messing with people. As I'm assuming it would. You got Gentile believers becoming Christian and then you got someone saying, hey, if you, if you really want to be righteous, you got to get circumcised. And then they're like, wait, what? I thought this was faith, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, I to do that too? Like, wait, what? And then Paul's like, then Paul like hears about all this stuff and he jumps in and he says, he's like, what is going on? He's like, if you do that, now, if you do that just for doing, I mean, that's a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? You get your children circumcised. It's a completely different thing. But if you're doing that in order to be righteous, Paul says you've cut yourself off from grace and you've cut yourself off from Jesus because no work is going to get you into heaven. Are you following? Okay. So he said. So I'm not to say people shouldn't get circumcised. That's not my point. My point is he's saying. If you're doing something in order to define your life, that I live a certain way, I am righteous. You've cut yourself off from grace. From the very beginning, their first act, just like ours is baptism, their first act of this law-abiding life, circumcision. If you live a life, go, well, I do all this stuff, I'm righteous. You ain't under Jesus in this moment with how you're talking. Because you're living under a law, thinking that what you do makes you righteous. Now that same Paul who said, I hope that those people who are bugging you in your church and telling all you gentlemen to go get circumcised to be a Christian, I hope they would emasculate themselves. Oh my God, that was a strong sentence. That's what he said. I hope they would cut themselves and leave you alone. It's ridiculous. That's what he says. But that same Paul who says this, (laughs) takes his buddy Timothy takes his buddy, Timothy, who is a Gentile Christian. And he says, Timothy, we're going to go into Jerusalem, into the the heart of Judaism, and and you're going to go with me, buddy, and we're going to go preach to my old friends, my old neighbors, and I'm going to circumcise you right now so that they know that you're a true Jew, so that you can preach with me.
0: (laughs) Isn't that crazy?
1: Is it just me? How about how about over here, this St. Paul? All food is sanctified through prayer and thanksgiving. All, all, all food is sanctified through prayer and thanksgiving. You know? It, eat whatever they give to you, he says. They give you pork, eat some pork. Better just pray over it and preach the gospel. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. That, 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 that same Paul says, hey, If it's causing your brother to stumble and bother and go against his conscience because you're you're walking amongst a bunch of Jewish Christians that are like, they've lived their whole life like, it's wrong. Not just like it's bad for you, like it's intrinsically wrong to eat pork. And now you're with them and you're like just crushing down pork. You're like, yeah, man, I'm free. And then it's just like wrecking their heart and they're like, what's happening? Don't eat the meat. That's what he says. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you see, uh, what about Rahab? You know the Bible says not to lie. Oh, we're really going. I'm going to go there tonight. I'm actually like, I'm feeling it. Just kidding. Now In the, the Bible, there's a, a woman named Rahab, and she becomes an ancestor of Jesus. She's a Gentile woman. Not, she was in the, what did they call it? The most ancient profession. (laughs) She was a prostitute. Uh, Not a good profession. And she's, she has the spies, the Jewish spies come into her town and and she has a choice. Do I tell them that they're here? But she believes, no, your God is God. I heard about what happened with Egypt. I I heard about all that stuff and I understand and like your God's my God now, you know? And all of a sudden the people come and, like where are they at? Are they here and he they're like no they went out that way? They 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 pee. I mean she full on lies to him. You know what a reward is? Life! Eternal life. Is that hard for some people? There's greater there's greater luck. Lo- Who of you okay, is, is Jay walking wrong? I'm gonna go there. <laughs> Not in New York. Okay? <laughs> it is. Um, um, uh, now, no, no, for the sake of it, now follow with me, follow with me. There's, there's laws, there's laws. What's the point of laws? Well, it's to keep people from doing stupid stuff. Do we understand? What, what was the point of laws here? These things didn't, the laws didn't make people righteous. Does it make sense? It was always by faith, through knowing God, this intimate relationship that transforms us from the inside out. But as we waited for Christ, God gave laws. Now, people already had a conscience because Adam and Eve ate the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, which means that they had a law in them, good and evil. and Anyways, they had a conscience. They had a law within themselves. Okay? But doing those things... Doesn't make you righteous. And, and let's, say, let's say there's jaywalking. Now, I'm not a jaywalker, generally, unless I'm in New York. Been in New York, and, and everybody's cool with this. I'm like, okay, there's no law in the, you know, who cares? But in general, I'm not, because I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But I'll tell you this, if my daughter was in the street and I needed to grab her, I don't care about the law. I will get her. You know the Jews had a law. Oh, don't work on the Sabbath. You better not pick up a stick or do anything. How many? And he said to the Jews, "You got a sheep. It's stuck in a thing. It's lost on the Sabbath. Are you going to rescue it or are you going to allow it to die?" Give me a break. He says there's a bigger law at stake. It's love. The law. The law is in these moments. But the, but it's meant for an unrighteous people to fetter them to keep them safe. Does it make sense? But there's this person, and his name is God, and he's fully his full expression is love, and the, even the law itself was not made to like pit itself against the law. Does it make sense? Okay, that was a side note. Verse nineteen verse 18, if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. In other words, if I become a Christian and I become the righteousness of God in Jesus by believing in Jesus, and then I go live like a sinner, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not walking this thing out. I'm just rebuilding my old life. And I'm proving that I'm not walking under the blood. That's, that's what he's saying. If I rebuild what I tore down, I'm just proving... To myself and to everybody, honestly, uh, God, heaven, angels, everybody, that's who I am. I'm not talking about your little mistakes you might make. I'm talking about just choosing a full-on life of, of sin and living a certain way. If I rebuild that old life, what does it matter if I say I believe in Jesus? I could say I trust in this chair and never sit on it. What proves that you really trusted the chair? You sat on it. Does it make sense? okay. For through the law I died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. He's basically saying these two extremes. He's saying, "I, I don't. I'm not saying, hey, if I rebuild this, this um, sinful life, like I can do that. But I'm also not saying you gotta just work really hard. I'm not nullifying grace. There's this, there's this life where I say, my life is in faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. <laughs> I no longer live, that's a wild, that's a powerful statement. That's a, that's an, that's like an extremist statement. Like, it's not like, oh, I mean, I got my heart, I mean, my life. A lot of times we'll say, uh, not just us, I'm not talking us right now, but I'm around a lot of Christians. And, and, and I'll hear well, like, man, we're just, we're just sinners, you know, just going to keep messing up and just, it's like, yeah, your own efforts, you're for sure going to mess up by your own efforts. But there's this like. Living in faith, that is a way higher paradigm of perspective. And it is, my faith is in Christ, and he's made me something new. Like, to the level that he's living through me. Are we following? (laughs) Praise be to God. That was the blessing. You received it. Okay, so just to really recap, and we're going to go to this next portion. Recap, recap. What is it to gain the whole world and to lose your own soul? That would be lame. What happens if you become Elon Musk or maybe some, you know, Saudi prince who probably has way more than Elon Musk, but you lose your own soul? Would you trade, would you live the life of sin and rebuild your sinful life for all the riches of the world? What would that be? That, that would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. Yes? What is it to, I I I would rather lose an arm and go into heaven with one arm than have two and go into hell. I would rather pluck out an eye and go into heaven with one eye than go into hell with two. Now, here's the good: your eye and your arm aren't what cause you to be righteous. <laughs> so no one pluck out their eye, no one cut off their arm. But, but your faith in Jesus is paramount to all the things the world can offer, period, end of story. And, but this law that you're, that you're actually ordered by, we don't read, you know, the, all these little laws and go, oh man, i got to cut my hair a certain way, i got to do all these things so that I'm righteous. But we're ordered by this person and his name is Jesus and his command is, love others as I have loved you. Don't don't just be Christian in name, be be Christian in action. In other words, don't be just a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. By the way, it's hard to be a doer of the word if we don't meditate on the word. If you know not the word, how can you ever be a doer of it? And one day a week in my talk right now for 20 minutes is not sufficient for you to know the word. Okay. Okay. We have the greatest falling away from over the last fifteen years. We've had the greatest falling away from the church and like going exiting the church and than America's ever had ever in over two hundred years. Isn't that crazy? And we're we're living in that moment. Um, Christianity is not just I come to church once a week and that's it. Christianity is walking with the living God and stirring each other on unto good works and 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 walking out this life where it's authentic saying. I need to pursue him personally, and then from there, my family and my community, etc. But but it's not just a it's not just a one time event, one day a week. Don't don't live on bread. If you just ate one day a week always for your whole life, you'd look really bad. You'd be perishing, individual in here. But I'm just saying, we do this as Christians where. I, the amount of times I read my Bible doesn't make me a good Christian. My 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 works isn't what does it? But there's this balance place. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says meditate on his word day and night. Surely if we want to be a doer, you got to be a hearer. You got to understand what to do. You understand? Okay. A few more sentences and then we're going to get the worship in. O foolish Galatians, verse 1 of chapter 3, who has bewitched you? Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Here's the question he says to these Galatians. These Galatians started to be what Paul terms bewitched, which is a very strong statement. But they started to be tricked, thinking I had to do a bunch of good things to become righteous. And they started to bite that apple, The this one of, man, you better get circumcised, you better do this, you better do that, in such a way that this was their righteousness. And he says, you're being bewitched, like, like, like witchcraft. You're being bewitched, tricked, completely bamboozled to think you got to do X, Y, Z to be righteous. And then he says, Did you get the Spirit of God because you did a bunch of good things? Or did you get the Spirit of God because you heard in faith about this one who lived, suffered, died, and resurrected for you and believing in it? How did you get that Spirit? You you got it because you believed. What Spirit, by the way? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit that holiness. You didn't get it Because you did X, Y, and Z. You got it because you believed. And now, are you trying to be perfected from this place by doing stuff again? How do we as Christians get perfected? You you continue in faith in Christ. By the way, there's there's two ways that we get transformed. I'm just going to say this to end it. There's two ways that we get transformed as Christians. Do we know this? This is crazy. You know the Bible only like the word transformed, transfi- like transfigured, transformed, that word. It, it happens four times in the Bible. Two times is the same story, just different gospels, of Jesus like like turning white like the sun. You know? We all know that story. So okay, I'm just trying to read faces. Um if the story where he goes up on the mountain and he gets transfigured, by the way, I've been on that mountain, it's it's really cool, and they have this crazy church up there. He 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 goes completely white in front of in front of a few of his disciples and like, "OMG." Truly. And he's he's shining white. He he was transfigured. He was transformed in front of their eyes. Well, the Bible says that y- you get transformed too. How do you get transformed? The renewing of your mind. Praise God. It's like in the depths of our souls here. By the renewing of our mind. How do you how does your mind get renewed? Well, you got to hear the gospel. You, you, you got to know it. You got to know the word. That's how your mind gets renewed. It gets renewed to a different perspective of how he, what he says about you, how he sees you, all these things. That actually brings transformation in you. And the other way, do we know? You're transformed as you behold him. Yeah, look at him. You're transformed as you behold him. This, this, this relational connection that we have with God where we actually talk to him where we come to church and we pray over each other, where we worship together. That All of the, Jesus walks in this place. He, The Bible says in Revelation, he, he walks in the midst of the lampstands. You want to find where God's really active? The guy's walking here. And, and when we commune with him and with each other, there's, when, when you, the Bible says, "Don't forsake the gathering of the saints," as as is the habit of some, <laughs> I'm not strong. Some people forsake the gathering. Don't forsake the gathering because there's transformation with beholding Jesus both both intimately when you're in the secret place and no one's around and you can't see anything but your closet darkness. You know, like like there's transformation that happens in that place when. You don't get any awards where you're, you're, the people you live with don't even know you're praying in the shower. No, you're not coming out going, hey, I prayed in the shower, give me kudos. Like, no one knows, right? But it's, but it's in those places of connection that, that you get transformed. When we come in here, we worship together, and then you make it your habit, and you don't run away, there's transformation. Maybe not here. I don't care what church Just Go to church. Like, well, maybe some churches, but don't, don't go to some churches. But, you know, there's there's transformation. I heard of a church where they were, oh, no, I shouldn't go there. I'm going to go there because I feel the Lord saying to go there. You know those churches where the pastor will wear, you know, they have priest's collars and stuff like that? What is that? what so were they wearing, David? That priestly it wasn't like a rainbow thing you said? The LGBT, yeah, yeah, rainbow stuff. And then and then as they're talking, they go, they go, man, you know, Paul was an a-hole and then but saying it. And then and then their whole breakout session was, how do you not be an a-hole, Paul? Like, like there there are some bad churches that are not <laughs> preaching the word. <laughs> like it was like weird stuff. There's some weird stuff. But but anyways, that's not my point. My point is. There's a transformation for us. You're already holy, like a baby, like you're holy. But, but we all got to grow up and look more like Jesus. Okay, we do. But that transformation happens as we renew our minds and as we hang out together and pursue Him. And we don't do those things to become righteous, but we are righteous, so we do those things. Yeah, can we, let's just, uh, last couple minutes, can we just worship a song or two together? You guys good? Okay, okay, okay.
0: Stand up with us right now. All my life I will be. It's so good. All my life You have been so, so good with every breath, with every breath that I am made. I will sing of the goodness. Boy, you have led me through the fire, the darkest nights. You are close like no one. I've known you as a father. I've known you as my life.